Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program where, yes, we have a guest today. And my guest today will be Lisa Marie Platsky, and we'll have a great conversation around pursuing your calling and defining success for yourself. That's all coming up today on this program, sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and I am honored and very excited to have Lisa Marie Platsky, an award-winning certified master coach, as our guest today. She's also a leadership expert. She's a speaker and international best-selling author recognized by the White House and the Small Business Administration. And part of her mission is to transform lives through leadership by teaching mission-driven and service-based entrepreneurs, consultants, and corporate leaders how to live out their big mission in the world. She was recently recognized as a top coaching consultant by Forbes, and since opening Upside Thinking Incorporated in 2005, she's mentored over 10,000 trailblazing entrepreneurs, consultants, and corporate leaders to grow a bigger vision, create a meaningful brand, and position their expertise so they are seen, heard, and rewarded for their message. 
Because of her leadership background in the federal government, she has a unique gift of seeing the brilliance in people and what small shifts you must make in order to experience big opportunities. And I'm so excited and happy to have Lisa Marie here today. And you've already told me that you only have good days. So I'm not going to ask how your day is going. Because <laughs> <laughs> I already know it's a good day because you only have good days. How do you I do, do my best to do well, that? that. Would, yes. I'm sure my listeners would like to know your formula for that. How do you only have good days? It's just simply a commitment. I suppose that so much about life and leadership is perspective and I used to wake up and not have great days. And my nickname when I worked in federal law enforcement early on could have been negative Nancy. I saw the downside of everything. And when I made the decision to change how I saw the world, to change my own perspective, what happened was my nickname in the government when I left was Mary F. and Sunshine. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't mean that I don't have experiences or things that happen that someone else might say, oh, gosh, that's really awful. That heartbreak and doubt and discomfort that comes in life that's just part of the leadership journey is there. I just do my best to see the upside of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we both have taken advantage of the hot real estate market because I sold my house and I moved and uh, you just told me that you are still in your home, but it's sold to someone else. And you've got about a month to get out of there. It's the reason why I haven't had a guest here on Better Than Before in a while. So I am really excited. You're my first guest in a while. And, I am uh, so excited to yeah. find that out. I feel like that kindred spirit that you understand the moving process. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I understand that I don't want to do it too many more times. I, I <laughs> I threw a whole, I mean, I got this huge dumpster out in front of my house to throw things away in. And after I moved, I thought I could have thrown away another whole dumpster of stuff. I don't know how I accumulated all these things, but you know, I'm slowly but surely scaling down. I still got stuff to throw away. That's kind of my project from now till I move the next time is to completely get rid of everything I don't really need. I so, understand. So you've got such an interesting name for your company. I've got to ask. Upside thinking, where did that come from? It came from my husband. Oh, wow. So when I was in federal law enforcement, I thought I'd stay there forever. I loved working in law enforcement. And my husband and I, we met on the job and we were living in different areas and had these conversations. And when he proposed and I made the courageous decision to leave and didn't have a plan B, like, what am I going to do? Because I always thought I'd be in law enforcement. My husband had been mapping out what he was going to do 20 years later, and he was going to open this leadership company upside thinking. Mm -hmm. And when I went looking for opportunities, I had gotten, I had gotten recruited to run five police academies and several other opportunities within the law enforcement arena after I left the agency and made the decision that based on my values of freedom, fun, and flexibility, that I would open my own business. And so upside thinking became my business. And my husband watched me work because just how much goes into running a business. And he decided that he wants no part of it. <laughs> mm. Well, it's not so, for everybody. I can tell you, it's not for everybody. Right. One thing it's you not. said. 
It's not. And if I would have known all the things that I do now, I would have taken a leap of faith. You know, entrepreneurship and being a small business owner is, it takes a heck of a lot of courage and resilience, interpersonal skills that you speak about. Well, one thing you said there that really got my attention because I've, I don't know why, but a couple of old friends of mine, I mean, I'm talking people I've known for 40, 45 years have recently talked about, I really wish I could quit my job and do X. And I guess I've done that a few times myself. So I'm like, well, why don't you just do that? And I know it's difficult and I know it's hard. What do you think the things are that caused you to take the leap? That's really clear. I sat down with my husband and said, if these are our values, if our values and what really matters most is being in relationship, then why are we putting the money and the job first? Meaning with our careers, I was, when we met, he was working in DC. I was in New York. I took an assignment down at the federal law enforcement training center in Georgia. He took one in California. I took one in Texas. It's not like we were living in the same space. And so when you look at that law enforcement living all over the place, it became well, how do you do this? How do you do this and really be successful in marriage if you're going to get married? And I never thought that I would. So it was, if you're going to do that, what matters most to you? And I look at it as a lot of people look at what they're going to lose or really the perception of what they're going to lose versus looking at what they're going to gain. And I was very clear what mattered most to me. And if I was going to enter into this journey of saying yes to having a partner by my side, I wanted that to work out well. And that meant giving it the attention that it needed versus putting the career first. Well, I love one of the statements that I went to your website and poked around because I wanted to be able to talk with you about the things I know that you do and that you're interested in and things like that. But one of the lines that really resonated me on this particular topic we're talking about was a question. And I love questions. I even wrote a book about questions. But are you tired of settling for good when deep in your soul, you know, you're called to be great? And at least one or two of these people that I'm talking about that I was talking to, they know down in their soul what they really should be doing. And so how do you make that? I mean, I love what you said. You got clear on your values. And when you did that, the path showed itself, right? So how do you dispel the anxiety, though, and the fear? Now, I know I've been an entrepreneur now. I was a corporate executive until 2004, and I've been an entrepreneur since then. So almost 20 years coming up here pretty soon. One of the things that I discovered was, it didn't really take as much to live as I thought it did. Once I stepped over into this place of freedom, I guess you would say, I was kind of amazed that a lot of the things that I thought I was striving for in my career and job didn't matter as much anymore. Does that make sense? Absolutely. For me, it was how many recognizing on this journey, because ours is similar in that it's been over 16 years for me. And that is something that I didn't realize how many voices I had in my head Mm -hmm. of other people saying, well, you should have this, or you should want this, or this should be the next step in life in the trajectory of success. And I've heard you speak about how different people want 
different things. And I say that all the time, that there are four things that leaders aspire to, and perhaps even all humans aspire to, some form of health, happiness, success, and meaning. And success means different things to different people. And for some people, money is number one. And for some people, that falls down on the list. And so really understanding your why, what matters most to you, and also what you're called to do. Because if you're not fulfilling whatever is your purpose, your divine calling, your mission, whatever you want to call it in whatever language, it will eat up inside of you. And that's that good versus when you understand deep down in your soul that you're called to be great, there's something else there for you. And if you don't do it, you're left with this emptiness, no matter how great your job is or how much you tell people that you're happy with what you're doing. And so that clarity for the why you're here on the planet at this time, that's something that guys at work used to say to me, I know you're not going to be here, Lisa. I understand you're going to leave. And I used to say, what are they talking about? And yet there was this little piece. And so the getting married was the catalyst. However, the recognition that I was not to go back into that nine to five, even though I had no business degree, I was 30,000 miles away from my closest friend or family member. I didn't have anybody in my family or friend circle that opened a business. And it was still the courage to take that leap of faith because I understood that there was something else for me to do on top of the values of why I made that leap. And so- were your friends and family supportive or did they sort of define you as different? It was a both and it was a both and so they didn't understand my dad for quite a while sent me a check because he was like, how could you leave this steady? It shows up every two weeks paycheck and go from six figures to no figures. Like, how do you do that? And how's that going to work for you? Are you going to eat? You're newly married. You can't take care of yourself. That was the thought. And to them, I believe that they thought I had made it because I was in a government job that had security. And that was most important. My dad had worked in a factory where there were layoffs and union strikes. And so this was just terrible for me to walk out and yet supportive in the sense that they understood that if I was going to do something that I was going to do it well. And so they trusted that it would work out yet. There was just so much unknown. And for my friends, the majority of my friends, 95%, maybe more, maybe 99% were in law enforcement. So this is bizarre. Oftentimes in law enforcement, you have such a deep connection to the career, to going into that field. That's why for me, I I didn't think that I was going to leave. What I recognized for myself is that the commitment I had was to service. The commitment I had was to transform lives for leadership. I just happened to do it in a blue uniform early on. And now I get to do it from stage or working one-on-one with coaching clients. I mean, I see that so clearly. I don't have any children of my own, but I just see that whole parent paradigm is so difficult because they're really bringing you up for the world they know, not the world you're going to know. And everything they see reflects back to them what they've experienced. And when you get outside of that paradigm, it's hard for them to understand. But the fact that they're supportive, I think, is wonderful. Because often parents are not so supportive because they just don't get it. 
but it sounds like yours do. Like there is no way my parents could explain to anybody what I do. I mean, they would not, <laughs> they would not be able to, they don't have the words. They don't have the language to communicate to someone else what I do for a living. Now they used to be able to, they would say, oh yes, he runs a big corporation and lots of media, television stations and radio stations. And he goes all over buying up properties and this, that, and the other. But once I stopped doing that and started doing what I'm doing now, they're not really quite sure what I do. And I don't bother to really try to explain it either. You know, it's just I'm their son and they're my parents and let's just leave it there. They know they should be proud of me. They know I'm accomplished, but they don't really know how exactly, <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. The explaining it is, I think for parents, when you have a business, there are a lot of misunderstandings and my parents do believe that since I work for myself, that means that I get to take time off whenever I want. And yet at the same time, they don't really get the, you know, how people hire me or how they work with me and, right. or why they work with me. And so it's not like going someplace, driving and putting on a suit and doing something very specific that fits in something that they've seen or heard before. Well, let's talk However, about very supportive. Let's talk about that. Tell me about your clients. Why do people come to you? How do you help them? Well, you've articulated it before is that they're often people who they've got this peace inside of them. They're longing for meaning and they understand that there's something else that they're called to do. So sometimes there are people who work in companies. Sometimes there are people who are small business owners and just understand that there's something greater for them to do. And so they look at that as their leadership journey. And so that's what I work with them on. I have seven pillars of leadership. I have seven areas of well-being, and I work with them to be able to expand their influence and their impact. So they get to make a bigger positive difference in the world and that they get to fulfill that sense of, gosh, there's something else there. There's something that I'm not doing or honoring. And for example, you know, yesterday I had a conversation with somebody and she and her husband own several brick and mortar businesses and they own restaurants. They own in the beauty industry. They own quite a few businesses. And what she came to me is she said, you know, the reason why I got into this is because years ago, when I was 18 years old, I had this experience where I met somebody through my college that was involved in shining light on the sex trafficking industry. And she said, it's always been this part inside of me that's gone. I want to do something. I want to do something to be a force for good on the planet, not her words, mine, but that sure. was the, the idea, like, how do I do that? And so here she'd been carrying this with her for 30 years and knew that this is hers to do. She heard it when she was younger and she knew that this was hers to do. And so the conversation was like, how do I go and do that? How do I create that? And so I've had people who've gone into changing the face of law enforcement. I've had people who've said, I want to step out of engineering and do prison reform. And sometimes it's just, I want to be better in my organization because I understand that the people that I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to be a better boss, lead differently. So it's not necessarily that they have something that's this massive. They just understand that there's something greater for them. And what they're doing isn't fulfilling yeah. what they're called to do. So we're visiting with Lisa Marie Platsky. She's an award-winning certified master coach, and her company's called Upside Thinking. 
I kind of want to walk through, I don't want you to give away anything proprietary, of course, but it would be awesome if you could share with us one set of those seven pillars. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. I'd love to. Which one, leadership or well-being? Which one do you think would be the one we would need to talk about? Ooh, I, let's talk about leadership. Okay. Let's talk about the seven pillars of leadership. That sounds good. Let's start with the first one. First one is starting with a written plan, understanding your end in mind. Where do you want to go? And so it's sort of reverse engineering then. So we want to get very clear on what the end result looks like and then back out of that. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. How do clients deal with, do they struggle with that concept or do they get to clarity fairly fast? I would say initially there are most people who say that they don't really know what they want. They're not really sure where it is that they want to go. There's just so many options or there's so much noise is really how I see it. And when someone says, you know, what's the biggest challenge? My biggest challenge is time. I see it as no, your biggest challenge is clarity. When you get clear on what that is, your time opens up. Everybody has the same 24 hours a day. So clarity to ensure that you're moving where you want to go And I'd say when you ask, do they move through it fairly quickly? Yes. Yes. Because when they tap into that, why something matters, why it's important, the clarity, the how steps open up. I think one thing you said that I've experienced over and over again is that, well, there's so many things, right? There are just so many things. And I will often say, well, here's my exercise I want you to do before we meet again. I want you to get out a piece of paper. And I want you to number it from one to 50. And I'd like for you to list the 50 things you would like to be, do, or have in the next five years. And they come back with eight things, (laughs) right? And they originally started out, well, there's so many things. There's so many things. And really it comes down to, it's about eight things. And where I really see this manifest itself is in people who retire with the idea that there's so many things, there's so many things. And about eight months into retirement, they don't have a clue as to what to do because they've done everything in eight months. So I love that, that you start there because you help them get to clarity and remove the clutter and see really, really strongly where they want to go. What's number two? Understand your personality. Ah, Truly clear about who you're not and who you are. Mm. What's the biggest challenge there? (laughs) The willingness to really look at that. I'm just thinking, I'm sure the mileage may vary with different people, but that self-awareness skill set of really knowing yourself is so powerful. I don't find that a lot of people have that initially without a coach's help. What's your Absolutely. And that includes me too. Yeah, it includes me too. for For as much as I think that, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for 16 years, these seven pillars, the reality is I have coaches, masterminds, mentors. And so, because it's really hard for me to, you know, they'll say something and it'll be something that just what you said right now, you know, oh, the one through 50. And I'm like, gosh, that's a great exercise. We can't see it for ourselves. It requires someone else to help us on that journey. And you go, well, you know, how come you don't know yourself? People say, be yourself. Well, geez, if it was that easy, everybody else would be doing it. <laughs> exactly. And I tell them all the time too, just because Lisa Marie and I are coaches, that does not exclude us from being human. 
right? I mean, we're human beings also. We need coaches too. We eat our own cooking, right? We're not just gurus who prescribe. We actually do these things ourselves. And we find the things that work best are the things that work on us. And I tell my clients all the time, I don't experiment on clients. Everything I do is tested. I've probably done it myself and tested it. I'm not going to send you up in a plane I wouldn't get in. What's number three? I like that. I really like that. Thank you. Number three is build powerful partnerships. And this one is not about formal partnerships. This is about really understanding how to connect, not to network, but how to connect with a person human to human, and then how to be able to leverage that connection, just making your load lighter because you've got these partnerships with people. Mm. How did working in law enforcement help you with that? Or did it, did it help you with that? Yes and no. It's the both and because in law enforcement, it was exquisite for human behavior mm-hmm. and learning about people and diving into how people are wired and understanding when somebody's wired a certain way, what it is to look for in wanting to partner with someone. And then of course I had partners that I worked with where there are certain people who, when you're working a midnight to eight shift, you really want to be sitting next to in the car. And then there's other people, not so much and how to get along with people. So in that sense, yes, where I say no, is that in business, there's so much more vulnerability required in order to foster the kind of connection that it takes to truly be in partnership with another person. And in law enforcement, so much was ensuring that you weren't on social media. You didn't share everything where you went or what you did the way that in business, it's a different kind of transparency. That's why I say it's a both and. And so when I went into business, it was like, wow. So people want to know this about me. And I remember my marketing director saying to me, you're unrelatable because you don't share anything personal. And it's because in law enforcement, that would have been a not so good thing from a safety perspective. Right. That makes sense. What's number four? Four is live your priority. The word priority, you can have one, one thing that you're moving towards, one place that you're going to at all times, not three, not 10. And so understanding what that is and that you're moving towards at all times I find that one to be the one that I have an annual conference that I teach these seven pillars. And at the annual conference, I find that this is the one that creates the most angst, even on coaching calls, the most angst, understanding that they're going to disappoint someone in their life. Sometimes it's their business partner. Sometimes it's their family. Sometimes it's themselves. And so this is a really big one, live your priority. And the seven areas of well-being actually are housed in there, meaning that when you understand them, you truly can live your priority. I think as human beings, we love to add and we hate to subtract, (laughs) but there is no focus without subtraction. That is actually how you focus is you have to subtract. Every yes is a no to something. And every no is a yes. It's exactly, exactly right. That's what you're talking about. And I struggle along with my executive clients with that, trying to figure out what is the thing right? What is the thing that we need to put our focus on that was going to generate the most momentum, the most beneficial result? It's the 80-20, right? I mean, 20% is going to create the 80%. So let's just focus on the 20. 
that's a hard one because again, I think as humans, we like to multiply, we like to add, but subtraction, we'd like to shy away. Okay. What's the next one? Number five, create a meaningful and memorable presence. Ah. And presence is not just presence in the sense of how you look, although that's a small, very small piece about it. There's three parts to it. It's external energetics. What's the energy that you give off that is part of your presence? The second part is what I call the here and now, and it's how much you live in the present and can be present to the situation that you're in and be grateful. And then the third part is positioning. And that's what you say, how you say it, and when you say it in conversation, that you're always positioning or depositioning yourself at all times. So those are the three pieces of meaningful and memorable presence. And I think a lot of times people think that presence is buying the right suit or getting the right makeup. Power pose. Correct. Exactly. The power pose. And there's so much more to it. I love that one. I love that one. Okay. What's next? Number six is evaluate your progress. Organizations, government, companies, many of them do what? annual evaluations. Mm -hmm. Evaluation is something that happens every day. Am I moving closer or further from what I want, period? And if I'm moving further away, why? What do I do to get back on track? And so evaluate your progress is also the profit piece in business. So I'm in evaluation every single day. Yeah. I find that people get really distracted and they experience a negative emotion if they find themselves not on track. And I'm like, well, it's very easy to get back. It's not like we can't step right back in there. You don't have to go back to zero, just step back in where you were and proceed from that point. Right. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the mind that we think that because we have drifted off course a little bit that we have to start all over, but I find that runs prevalent And you can get in that zone anytime you want, once you understand what the zone is and how to get there. I so, so agree with that. And I find that that one is so true that there's this perception that if I've gotten off course, it means that I've now wasted time or I've missed out or I've created something that is so devastating that I can't start back over again. And you may lose a small piece of momentum. However, if you travel further along in some place where you're not supposed to go, you've wasted a lot more time than if you were to course correct and just give yourself the moment to gather up all the pieces and to start anew, to start fresh. I think because we're so impressionable when we're children and kids and we grow up in an education system in Western civilization that's based on right, wrong, pass, fail. And so we start thinking, oh, did I do something wrong or did I fail? And then we think, oh, I'm going to be held back or I've got to redo that. I had a piece of pizza for lunch, so my whole diet is blown. No, it's not. Just get back in the zone at dinner. So it's so funny when you talk about the, I've had the piece of pizza. I think about that for myself because I happen to be somebody who loves, loves, loves food. And if I'm not looking at what it is that I'm eating, I will eat my share and yours too. And so, (laughs) and that's just from a place of, I just love food. 
And so I recognize that in that one area of my life in business, I would often use phrases where there was no good or bad, no right or wrong, no pass or fail. And yet when it came to food, there was this almost shame-based philosophy. I have no idea where it came from the clean plate club, but it was like that there was this all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And you're so right. It was interesting that in that one area, I could see how it would almost flow into the work day, mm -hmm. you know, flow into the work that I was doing because it would be this disappointment that I didn't in air quotes, get it right. So I find that it goes back to the, how you do anything is how you do everything, what we do at work, how we lead there. It affects our family, affects our relationship with ourselves. When we talk about diet, when we talk, like it, it is just, it's all interconnected. Right. It's, you know, the self-awareness is all the leadership is all it's not one piece. You can't excel in one area and then not have it have a ripple effect into the other areas of your life. No matter where you go, there you are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number seven. Number seven is to invest in professional development. Oh, yeah it's making the commitment to invest and investing in something that's both industry specific and something outside your industry. I belong to a mastermind group where the people in the group have businesses very different than mine, really different. They have roofing companies and construction and mm -hmm. real estate and very different. And yet what I walk away with is sheer genius because leadership is applied. It's universal. It is. Well, all right. Lisa Marie Platsky, Upside Thinking Incorporated. Now, before I let you go, I got the standard list of closing questions I'm going to shoot to you. Thanks for sharing those seven pillars of leadership with us, by the way. Thanks for asking. Are you ready for these 12? I am. I am. Right, here we go. Number one, what is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? Best memory, grandfather sitting in my grandparents' house, him smoking a pipe, me sitting next to him and him sharing some sort of wisdom on this plaid couch. Love it. Who's the number one hero in your life? My husband. What's Hands his name? down. What's his Jim. name? Jim. Jim. Now, Jim didn't do the upside business. So what is Jim doing these days? Jim is a professional athlete. He is a professional trap shooter. Wow. That's cool. We talked about this earlier, but what is the top value you subscribe to? You only want me to pick one? Come um, on, prioritize top, here. Top value. <laughs> mercy. Let's go back to pillar number three, I think it was. Mercy. Who's the most important person in your life? I would say the most important person is me. Oh, I like that. What's your favorite thing? Face to call home. Do you have a place that you're going to, or you just got to find a place now? I have a place. However, closing isn't for a while. Oh, okay. So you might have to do intermediate place then. I'm nomadic. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> what's your, okay. So now you're going to love this question, but what's your favorite food? Ooh, favorite. Oh gosh. For a foodie. That's like, this is my favorite food. You know that there's so many that Tony on my head is like, oh, you could have this for lunch and you could have <laughs> you could have lunch, this. And so I'm going to say butter. Butter. Oh, that's a good one. Most beautiful place you've ever visited. I really loved Prague. 
If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Gratitude. How do you want to be remembered? As someone who was a force for good on the planet and made everyone feel valued, appreciated, and loved for who they were in her presence. That would be nice. If you could go back and speak to a younger Lisa Marie, what advice would you give her? Don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. That's a good one. I used to have a poster of Connie Chung saying that on my wall. And I really? don't, even, I don't yeah, even know if you know who that is, but she was an NBC network newscaster. I do. I do. What's your favorite sound? The birds that sit outside my window and sing beautiful love songs to me all day. Last one. Out of all the lessons you've learned, what is the best lesson? That people do the best that they can with what they have and what they understand in the moment. I love that. You know, my grandfather used to say, if people knew to do better, they'd do better. Yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a belief in people, right? Yeah. It's been such a big piece of appreciating people for who they are, not for who I want them to be. Oh, that's good. Lisa Marie Platsky, everybody. She's an award-winning certified coach. This has been a wonderful conversation. Her company is called Upside Thinking Incorporated. Lisa Marie, how do people find you? Give us your website and anything that you might have that you think would be of particular interest to people. I know you're building a new website, but if people want to go there now and find out about you, how do they do that? UpsideThinking.com, U-P-S-I-D-E, and the word thinking, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G.com. And on there, I have an influential leadership blueprint, and you can download that as a gift from me. And it gives you a really simple, with case studies, actionable blueprint to fill out and complete for yourself on being a courageous and influential leader. Do you still do your conference in Phoenix? I okay. do. When, when's the, do back to back. When's the next one of those coming? Next one is January 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And then we do it back to back where the following week we'll do January 27, 28, and 29. So there you go, folks. You can be planning for your first trip of the year. Go out to Phoenix and spend a couple of days with Lisa Marie because she's got a lot more than what we were able to share today to help. And so, and I would say, especially if you're thinking about breaking out of your current situation and moving over into something completely different, I'm sure she can set you right up and equip you with the thinking and the skills and the tools that you need to make that journey successful. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Tony. This has truly been an honor and fun conversation as well. You bet. I loved it. I appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me, and I'm glad we're friends. Come on back sometime and give me an update. How's that sound? Thank you. I'd love that. All right. We will have another leadership lesson coming up for you in just minutes here on Better Than Before. Stand by. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. 
Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is your host, Tony Richards. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lisa Marie. That was fabulous. And if you're pursuing your calling or you don't feel like you're quite doing what you're supposed to be doing or you want to break out on your own, become an entrepreneur and pursue your dreams, go back to that conversation right there and listen to it a couple more times. There's a couple of nuggets in there. I think it'll keep showing up for you. I want to close out today's show with five quick quotes that I want to share with you today. Number one, managers who always promise to make the numbers will at some point be tempted to make up the numbers. Warren Buffett. Number two, nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Number three, you cannot teach a person anything. You can only help them discover it within themselves. Galileo Galilei. Number four, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom, Thomas Jefferson. And number five, the formulation of the problem is often more essential than its solution, Albert Einstein. That's our program today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall, who puts this show together. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can come over and join my free Facebook page, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Tony Richards 4. Until we visit again next week, I'm Tony Richards reminding you, Everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.